Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. I don't know about you, but I love Fridays and uh, Fridays are always good days. Generally Friday, I'm either at a church somewhere preparing to travel, already traveled. I don't know. Fridays is always stuff going on. It's got that good feel to it. And uh, I love Fridays and uh, I love being able to serve God. I, I love it that Kevin's still with me here. He hasn't bailed yet. So uh, Kevin, good morning to you. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Thank you again for letting me do this. I've really enjoyed these days of hanging out and and at least at least over the phone, right? Yeah. No, I tell you, the great thing about technology is it feels like like we're sitting right next to each other. Yeah. And it uh, does. Uh, yet we're a three hour flight away, you know, and uh, <laughs> and and that's pretty cool. And we get to get on the phone like this and talk with each other. And and uh, folks, we sure hope that uh, this is finding you well. And uh, so as we continue on, you know, we do a word of the day. So every day, so, you know, this, this whole segment has changed, you know, it's evolved from, you might be a knucklehead. If uh, you might be right with God. So pastor Crockett came, my pastor, he told me, you know, I kind of had a feeling from that we were doing negative juju and it should be positive juju. So we went to, you might be right with God. And then people didn't like that. So we went back to, you might be a knucklehead if, and so then we moved along. And so somehow we've evolved about 15 different times. And here we are sitting on the word of the day. And I think a really good word for the day is change. You know, that's on that list of those vocabulary words shared at va.com that you can find once you click on things 271 times. But I think when we, <laughs> when we think about change, you know, it can throw a monkey wrench into our lives. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen people, I, one of the things I used to tell people, one of the hardest things for folks is the first assignment people would get in the military is overseas and you can't help that. You know, you get some people, they need privates overseas. And boy, if, you're, if your wife was going to leave you, in many of the cases, most times it was a, a lady, it was going to happen if you had your first assignment overseas. You take a, a woman who was born and raised in, uh, you know, Cleveland, Ohio, and you throw her in Germany where no one can speak the language or whatever, or Korea, and you have mm -hmm. to go shopping, you have to drive around, you're scared to death and all those types of things. But change was so scary for people. And uh, change can scare people in so many ways. You know, as we get older, those things that happen in life. I, I remember when my mom passed away, I, looking for consolation for my brother. My brother's the greatest guy ever. He's a hero to me. He used to jump in front of my father to keep him from beating on my mom and the rest of us kids when he was six years old. And But I remember one of the things he said to me when my mom died and we were trying to make sense of life and how God saved her and did things. At the very end of the conversation, He's just so pragmatic, so real, so honest. He said, you know, we're next. And uh, I remember thinking about that. And I am so glad that when that change comes, that I have a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That there's a lot of things I have to worry about, not where I'm going, 
because where I'm going, <laughs> it's going to be great all the time, Kevin. It's going to mm. be wonderful it's because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he tells us, for the th- I know, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God's not surprised. He's got an expected mm. end for us. We just, we just, we're on that roller coaster, Kevin. We're on that roller coaster. And sometimes we're up way up high and we're seeing beautiful views. And sometimes we're hanging on for our lives. But all the time, God's the same. He's the same, Kevin. And that's the God we serve. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. You know, um, I, I was thinking about a conversation I had with someone. Actually, it wasn't a conversation. Um, I picked up an iPad. Someone handed me their iPad to do something on. I can't remember what and had to, you know, just some little task. But on the iPad was um, something that they had written and it wasn't written to me, but it was right there. And it said something like, um, looks like I'm going to be a dad. Change uh, changes are coming or change changes in the air or winds of change. So it was one of those kind of little maxims that were. That, that were written down. And I just, I just thought to myself, you know, he, he was kind of hopeful about it. You know, it was, it sounded like a good thing. Unfortunately, this individual was not a Christian and, and the, the, their moral values, it was not a, it was not, the child was not going to be born in wedlock. And, but they still sense that I'm going to be a dad. This is going to be a change. Yeah. And you know, I, that person, unfortunately it's not worked out well for them because Christ is not at the center of that relationship. But, um, you know, change can be good and, and change can be bad. Right. And the, yeah. the idea of, you know, the idea of change is in the air and the winds of change. Um, a lot of times it has a foreboding, you know, this kind of an ominous, Oh, what, where am I going to land? What's, what's going to happen It's kind of like I, I was working for a company one time and the company was going to be bought out. And, um, you know, when the company that's, that's been your employer is a great company and then it's going to be, uh, acquired by another company. Oftentimes that's not a, you know, it's not a good thing and you don't know, but just the fact that we, I think more that we didn't know there was, there's this angst that, that spread throughout the company and, you know, it was not a good, it was kind of a downgrade purchase. And, and so, um, it, it is that way yeah. with a lot of changes, you know, you, some, there's something going to happen. And I think, you know, when, when we talk about trauma, my, my thoughts are, if I'm talking to someone and they have been through something, what, what has changed? Well, this person's gone. I lost this, like the person I talked to today, I lost my daughter in a car accident. Um, that was, that was a horrible change, horrible change. But because Christ, um, is the author of change. In other words, nothing's, past nothing's come to me that's not past his throne first it was that case with the person i talked to today and this was a a brother in the lord he's a preacher actually and he's about my age and he said this his 22 month old died in a car accident wife almost died right after that i think it was six weeks after that while he's still majorly traumatized and the wife still physically traumatized um they're sitting down in a a living room with someone 
that they had witnessed to before that said, I don't want to get saved. I've, I've got a, a, a cabinet full of, of booze and drugs. Leave me alone. I, I don't thank you. Well, after they lost their child, they're sitting down in the same living room. And that person that, that said, I leave me alone. I've got a cabinet full of, you know, things they say, we lost our child and it was roughly the same age. They were hiking way up in a waterfall. It was out in the West coast somewhere up in the mountains. And, uh, somehow that child slipped and fell literally down oh. the waterfall. And, um, yeah, it was, it was just amazing, but that person was able to be led to Christ that day because the person that had to go through the change, the, the preacher and his wife that had to go through that horrible loss and that change of, you know, an empty spot in the home suddenly had meant a lot to that person who was lost. And so, like you said, now there's a change that's, that's coming to that lost person. They're going to go to heaven someday. And I'm just so glad the Lord makes sense of our, our changes. Yeah, me too. I am so glad that we've got a God that has everything figured out and it's going to give us an expected end. I <laughs> And it's it's what God has put together for us, not us. We we fight God. You know, we want to change, uh, you know, how we go about life, who we spend life with, how, uh, you know, how we serve him. All the rules are ours. And, I mean, that's everybody. That's all of us. We spend our whole life in trying to make decisions fit God and trying somehow to sculpt things. And, you know, we make villains and heroes. You know, we make villains out of people so we can make heroes out of other people. And I think, I think God must uh, look down at us from heaven and say, stop it. You know, cut it out. Mm. I'm right here. You know, just yeah. listen to me. Do what I'm telling you. And what a great story about how God can, you know, it reminds me so much of Second Corinthians 1, how, how good the things we go through, uh, you know, God uses to help someone else. It makes it, you know, do we, do we want our child back? Do we want those things back that we've lost? Well, we do, but God says, no, I got that covered. Now I need you to serve me. Now I need you to trust me. You know, like Paul goes to him three times. He's like, hey, God, take this from me. God, and this is the Doug International version, okay? It's a, oh, no. hey, God, would you take this from me? You know, hey, God. Mm, yeah. God said, no. Brother, he goes to him a third time. As an apostle of God, made a different way. Uh, boy, God saved him right out there on that road. God says, nope. But my grace, <laughs> It's sufficient mm. for you. I had a little boy one time in a Christian school ask me. He said, he said, Preacher Kerrigan, that's what he called. That's what people up in North Carolina call you when you come in. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are. If you're preaching, you're Preacher Kerrigan. <laughs> that's true. He said, Preacher Kerrigan, he said, uh, he said, uh, he said, uh, what is God's grace? And can, how big is it? And I looked at this little boy and I said, it would be like trying to wrap your arms around the mountain. You can't do it. It's just mm -hmm. God's grace is bigger Amen. than any of us. He's got us covered. He, he's going to give us an expected end. And just like always, we popped right up on that time where we got to give the radio stations just a minute to do what radio stations do. And uh, so hang in there with us. We'll be right back with you.
You know, if I could hold a tune right there, Kevin, and I, Kevin can't hear the music where he's at. you got to be in the same room here. But I would have been singing, Does Jesus Care? And the answer is, yes, he does. And uh, mm. he cares so much. He's the same yesterday. Uh, he's the same today. And he'll be the same tomorrow. And uh, mm. he wants to give us an expected end. So we find ourselves in the 27th proverb. Now, this is uh, this verse and verse number 17 that we're starting with. I remember uh, being a young soldier, 17 years old, not knowing the difference between a Bible and Hemingway. And uh, But I can remember walking <laughs> into the field house, which is a gym. Back in the day, they used to call them field houses. And I, I can remember walking into uh, uh, the field house. And, uh, um, and you know, they always had the field house named after somebody with a medal of honor or something like that. So, and, uh, but, but I remember going into the field house and in this big gym. And as soon as you walked into the door, there was this big, huge sign where you got your towel and showed your ID card and it said, iron sharpens iron. Mm. And, uh, boy, in that verse right here, it says iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. And we know that iron, right? We take iron and we we heat it, we forge it, we do that. And if we really want to do stuff with iron, we heat it, we forge it, we stick it in oil, we stick it in sand. We can make iron so hard that you can shop another iron with it. And uh, hmm. and so so the Lord's reminding us that iron does <clears throat> shop in iron. And, and, hmm. and then he's reminding us so, so that our friend... You know, uh, and, and, and so it's, it's going on here. So, so that a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. So a friend can be sharpened, but you know, when you sharpen something, Kevin, I'm not much of a, a knife sharpener, but I've watched people do it and people use stones most of the time, but I've watched people use iron too. You know, those little round iron things there that are no good for sharpening things, honestly. Yeah. But when you try to sharpen steel, when you try to make steel, when you try to do things with steel, when you try to make a difference, when, oh man, can I tell you something? It, it takes some pounding. It takes some rubbing. It takes some grinding. It takes a lot of work. You know, when you sharpen, it just doesn't automatically get sharpened. If things automatically get sharp, you won't have knife sharpeners out there. It, it, it doesn't. <laughs> You know, it takes, there's some work you have to put into it. And it's the same way when a man or a woman sharpens up their friend, you know, it's that same way, you know, it takes some friction sometimes and boy, there's some sparks that fly. And, uh, mm. there's some, when you're sharpening up somebody and some people, they like to be sharpened up until, uh, something comes along and then they decide, well, you're a knucklehead. You were never any good to me anyway. That kind you know what I'm mm. saying? There's knuckleheads, <laughs> but God says, you know, uh, but you can sharpen your friend in their countenance, that facial expression that I believe from a biblical sense, I remember I'm not a Hebrew and Greek person. As a matter of fact, you know, my favorite Greek and Hebrew that I ever had in my life were restaurants. And, uh, <laughs> but I remember the Greek word for countenance talks about what's coming from your soul. It's an ongoing thing. And I remember that. I remember when we talked about that in Hebrew class and the countenance, it's what's in your soul shows on your face. And God, and you know, I, oh, I'm sorry. And, but, but yeah, I'll throw yeah. it your way here. And, 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 uh, but God, he allows us to be part of that, Kevin. 
Yeah. Sorry, I didn't want to make you lose stride. You actually were saying something really good, but it it, it put me on the edge of my edge of my uh, seat here with with wow. You know, if the, the the definition of countenance is so good, because the Bible talks about why is thy countenance, why is is uh, my countenance fallen, or why why art thou cast down, O my soul? Um, that God is the health and of my countenance is what I'm thinking. Yeah. And so you know, depression takes. Dulls the countenance, and um, you know the idea of the the sharpening a countenance implies that it's dull for some reason. And uh, in fact, Ecclesiastes ten ten, I looked this up, says if the iron be blunt and he do not whet the edge, then must he put to more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. You know there are times where my countenance is dull. I'm just, I'm not focused. I'm, I'm not sharp. I'm, I'm whatever. Maybe I'm physically, you know, yeah. down. Maybe, maybe I'm emotionally, spiritually, you know, drained, whatever. Our families yeah. talk about if we get, go into a lot of meetings, one church after another, we'd say, how you doing? And the answer was sometimes, well, I'm fellowshipped out. <laughs> I'm fellowshipped out. And meaning I'm just, I'm, I'm just yeah. drained and I'm dull. So iron sharpeneth iron. You know, I'm just reminded from this great text of scripture, Doug, that, um, you know, something, something that sharpens another object is typically harder. It's hardness. I was a geology major in college or science with a concentration in geology. So the hardness of a rock, a mineral or, or a metal or a gem was, um, you know, could be measured in numbers one to, two, you know, from one up to 10 and 10 being a diamond. And I think nine was a carborundum or something like that. But, you know, I, if, if one iron is going to sharpen another iron, typically I would think it has to be a harder type of iron. So how is my countenance sharpened by an, by a friend? Well, maybe that friend has been through some things yeah. and he's hard hardened about it, not hardened in his heart, but he's battle hardened a little bit to the point he's going to be able to encourage me and say, Hey, listen, I know it's tough. I know the arrows are flying, but listen, I got through it. You're going to be fine you know, kind of buck up a little bit, you know, stand up, you got this. That comes from someone's experience. And that's the best kind of counsel to me is it, it sharpens my countenance when I get with someone and they're like, Hey, you got this. I I've been there. And, um, boy, Jesus is the best helper of my countenance. Um, it's, you know, the psalmist said, and my God, when I'm count, when I'm cast down, how often does the man of sorrows come in and say, Hey, I've been through this. I, I, I got you and you got it, you know, press forward, you, you know, don't let it get you down. Uh, you're going to come out on the other side. Like I hear you say a lot, Doug, you know, don't, uh, th- how, how do you, you know, when you're dealing with someone suicidal, you say, don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem how that can sharpen a person if they're, if they're down, if they're traumatized. 
Um, so Rick, yeah. I love this verse. I, I love it. Oh, mentoring. I mean, there's so much you see in this. Verse. The Army had it painted on the field house, the Audie Murphy field house at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. That's since been torn down. They replaced it with some big, wonderful uh, complex that's, you know, got 10 basketball courts in it. It's a gym for the whole base kind of thing. But I can remember standing in an Audie Murphy thing, getting ready to take a PT test because it's raining outside. So we had to run around the inside of this field house like 27 times a mile or something like that and uh but i can remember looking at that and say hmm hmm you know iron sharpen at the iron and uh boy we better be sharper each other in the army you're constantly reminded you're constantly told you're constantly prodded that you better be taking care of those people under you so promotion in the army didn't come because you, you had this tremendous uh, record or even that much for potential. Your potential was gauged not because, of, you know, of this or that. Your potential was gauged because of your soldiers and how they performed and how they moved forward constantly mm. on your evaluations. You know, you're having the conversation, you know, uh, you know, characters, men move forward. And, you know, one of my best accomplishments, so out of, I think I had 20 E8s that worked for me along my military career, 20 of them who were E8s. And, wow. uh, uh, and 19 of them made Sergeant Major. And, mm. uh, and, and I'll tell you, to me, that's the greatest military record I could have. Yeah. Is I mentored 19 out of 20 or 95% of the men and women who worked for me. And I think seven or eight were women. And, um, but I, I mentored them in, in such a way that they loved the army enough to give their all, that they loved their army enough to mentor people, to trust in their training. One of the things in the army that people would remind you of is trusting your training, trust in the system, trust in the protocol, trust in those things we do as soldiers. Trust it. It'll work. And, you know, as soldiers of the cross, as soldiers in God's army, we got to trust God's army. We got to trust God. We got to trust his precepts, his concepts, his orders. We got to trust those things he's got to do because it's going to work. If you trust him, if you exclusively trust God, if you say this is about God, I trust you. This is going to work, God, because you said it's going to work, not because I think it's going to work, not because I believe it's going to work, not because of anything else, but you are the God. You are the one that hears my prayers. You are the one that gave us your all-sufficient word. You are the one that gives us the Holy Spirit within our hearts. We can trust you, and we're going to take that trust, and we're going to take that brokenness that we talked about on Monday and we're going to take that brokenness and, and boy, we're broken and we're upside down. And if we had a biblical x-ray, we could go back and look at all the brokenness that people have caused us and that the hurt of this world that caused us. And when we've stood at the caskets of loved ones and when we've been through that stuff, if we can come out the other end and that x-ray is all healed, there's no cracks there. As a matter of fact, the, the new normal is better than it was before. The bones are stronger. <laughs> Hey, this guy's used, if you believe that, if you believe that, it, it, men, ladies, listen to me. If you really believe that the junk you went through in this world is making you a better person because of your God, you know what? It is. If you really believe God's word and you study it every day and you believe it's going to make a difference in your life, you know what? It's going to. 
Just trust God, brethren. He's going to take you where you need to go. Listen, we sure do love you, folks. I can't believe the time escaped with only one verse today. But isn't that how God works and what a verse it is? Listen, we look forward to talking to you real soon. Make sure you come back. If we've been a blessing to you, make sure you go out wherever you heard this from, a radio station or a podcast or whatever it is, and give us a five-star rating. If you don't like us, well, stick around. We'll get better, we promise, but don't give us any rating at all. We sure do love you folks. We look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thanks for being part of this community. May God bless you. And hey, with that smile that only God can give you today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.